The McChicken is simply simple. No bells or whistles. Just a crispy chicken patty and fresh lettuce smothered in creamy McChicken sauce. Hey, we said no bells and whistles. Order now on the MyMackers app. Available after 10.30am. Dan, good morning to you. I tell you what, I was thinking of, I'm thinking of you guys with King Colorado. Uh, probably mixed emotions. He didn't have the best of luck and who knows what would have happened if he got out a little bit earlier. But then on the flip side of that, you would have been over the moon that he's been able to come back as a three-year-old and proven, I guess, to you guys that he can mix it with the best. Yeah, good morning, Gareth. Good to chat to you again. And yeah, no, look, we were pleased. Uh, we are pleased with the run. I think, um, you know, as the stewards report said, the horse basically didn't get any clear running from probably the 400 to the 150. And, and um, you know, Louise Day tried to hook out uh, at around a 400-metre mark and, and, and James McDonald hemmed her back in with Fangirl and, and took that run. And, and Fangirl obviously stormed home to win. And unfortunately, we, uh, we, we sort of got stuck behind backsides. But, um, but look, it was, it was pleasing. That was the only his fourth ever race start. He was in a race against, you know, 14 other Group 1 winners. Um, you know, he's only been beaten about two and a half lengths. Uh, and so, you know, that was that was a pretty exciting, you know, return from him. And uh, that was, uh, you know, it was never even intended for him to run in that race, but they sort of threw him in there for a first up run. Um, and, you know, the Golden Rose and then the Caulfield Guineas are the big targets for, for that horse. So, uh, you know, we're excited about uh, the next couple of runs. I'm just having a look at the futures market with Bet365, but especially that Caulfield Guineas because he's a horse he's a horse that's got Caulfield Guineas written all over him. He's, what, $6 behind Militarise at the moment. Step party at $6, V8 at $8. You must be pretty confident going into a Caulfield Guineas. I know it's only the 25th of August, but he looks like he's come up and he might just be a perfect, perfect horse for that race. Yeah, that definitely looks looks a race that's ideal. I think um, in my mind, I always thought the 14 and the Golden Rose might be a little bit short, and he was sort of that's his second up run, and he was hitting the line hard, and and hopefully can run a, a bold race. But um, you know, I think the 1600 of the Caulfield Guineas is is right down to the ground. That's um, that's definitely the key target, and um, the way it's shaping up, that uh, it looks like an ideal assignment. Tomorrow's interesting at Rose Hill. It's always great to see these three-year-olds in action in the early part of the season. We've got the up-and-coming, which is an intriguing contest. And then you've got, of course, the San Domenico. First of all, we just had a chat to Sean Patterson. We're probably – it's a soft five at the moment, but we probably get to a good four. The rail is out to six metres. So do you expect horses on pace there to be the horses with the advantage tomorrow? Yeah, look, we have to see how much the track drives. I think when the rail is out at Rose Hill, there's always um... – there's often a, a favour to both horses uh, on pace, but you know, for me, I think the biggest bias to be aware of at Rose Hill is often, you know, just horses on the fence too. There are some days where if you're not on the fence, you're not in the race. So, um, you know, whenever whenever I'm betting at Rose Hill, it's you know, watch those first two or three races and really get a, a line on things because, um, you know, if it's if it's fence on fire, then it's uh, you, you've really got to adjust your betting patterns. Um, but there's other days where the track plays, you know, very fair and and, and fantastically well. So. We'll just have to see how, how that all plays out. But, um, you know, if I, was, uh, if I was having to pick it now, I'd say, you know, on pace and, and on fence will probably be the, uh, an advantage on the day. Just quickly, we had a question coming through from one of our listeners. What did you make of last week? Were there any horses that you just wanted to put in your black book there, Dean, from the Wink Stakes meeting or even, of course, the PB Lawrence meeting at Caulfield? Um, oh, there were a lot of really good runs 
um, in the, the wing stakes. Uh, you, you could just about have black booked probably the first nine across the field. I, I thought Montefilia was really, really good in her first run for Chris Waller. Um, ran the quickest last 600 in the race and, and absolutely flew home. I, I have a feeling that Montefilia, you know, over a mile and, and 2,000 metres is actually going to, with Chris Waller training, going to be very, very effective. So I can see her being very good in those races. I think Ossie Penko was another that really yeah. impressed me. I believe he's going to the, the uh, Macaube Diva. Correct, yeah. Um, and uh, I saw $15 or something last night there in Futures. I'd, I'd be suggesting people have a look at that because uh, um, he was a really good run and, and a mile at Flemington seems to me able to suit him down to the ground. So I thought they were good runs. I thought, um, you now we had a couple of winners, Parasal and Charmstone. I thought they were both very impressive. Um, Charmstone was a really good winner at, at Melbourne. I think she can keep winning. And Parasal was just, uh, that, that filly was just a winner. Yeah. Um, you know, she was sort of three wide, no cover. Looked gone halfway down the straight um, and, and somehow found something under John Van Overmere to win. Uh, and I said last week, I thought, um, you know, that was a, a group one. Awesome, I still think so. Um, yeah. Just a winner and, you know, got a lot of talent. So definitely one to follow. And Cylinder's mum goes okay because Cylinder, of course, is, a, I mean, Cylinder's um, mum, yeah, goes okay because Paracel is a half to Cylinder. So he's she's mm. been able to breed a few winners. And um, yeah. I think Cylinder, he, he just knows how to win. And I don't think he had everything go his way the other day. So looking forward to seeing what unfolds there in a, in a, in a golden rose, just with Monophilia. I identified her after that first trial with Chris Waller. Um, but I've just been trying to work out what race is, is for her. Like she, she might run into some smart ones in a Cox plate, but a wait for age 2000 meter race, maybe a Turnbull or something down at Flemington. That could be her race this prep. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I, it's hard these days, Karis. You know, in the past, it was quite easy to map out a, a, a plan for horses. I know where they're going to go, but there's just there's just so much great racing in both Melbourne and Sydney now that they've got so many options. You know, they, do they go down the Epsom path? You got this King Charles race that's worth five million. Yeah. Um, you know, then a Cox Place, and then you know some four year olds can go to a Golden Eagle, and you know, there's a Macaiva Diva, the Turnbull, the Underwood. There's, there's so many options that. Um, it's almost impossible in, in regards to you know futures betting to really do anything with some of the information because you just have no idea if they're going to go down the Melbourne path or the um, or the Sydney path. But like I said, I, I've always felt Montefilia was not really a twenty four hundred meter horse, and obviously yeah. you know David tried to even run him in a Melbourne Cup. But I've just you know and she, and she's, she obviously just won a Metropolitan and sort of ran fourth in the Caulfield Cup. But I just I think that she's really um, you know come back. Um, you know, just a bit pressure under Chris Waller, and I, I can just see her winning a, a mile group one or a two thousand meter group one, whether it's a, you know, a Turnbull or an Underwood, or okay. um, you know, even like a, a King Charles. I, I think she's up to to winning races. Um, you know, of that ilk. All right, then let's try and find a few winners tomorrow at Rose Hill and the San Domenico. Looking forward to this contest. Cornish has had some good backing. He's in a four eighty now for James Cummings and Nashville Wheeler. Barber probably won't start because of the gate. He's at eleven dollars. Libertad's at seven dollars. The instructor at five. Introducing at seven fifty, and then we go down to a fascinating horse, the Full to Sunlight Kandinsky Abstract, at six dollars. How do you read this race? Even a horse at a big price for mine is untouchable. Legend. He's been unlucky, but he finally draws the gate, and you nearly had to see to believe he's run the other day. I know it was midweek company, but it was a huge effort. Um, this is a good race. Yeah, it is a good race. I think. Um... <clears throat> um, 
how the tracks plan is going to make a big bearing on this, Gareth. You've got you know, introducing the instructor and Firestar that all have a lot of speed and therefore you're know, expecting a pretty strong strong speed. You then probably got the likes of Corniche and General Salute and Cam Dixinski and Abstract that you know sort of settle uh, forward of midfield and, um, and and they'll be the stalkers. Um, uh, you know, Corniche is, is definitely a horse that um, you know, I think maps pretty well, sort of in fourth, just behind that that really strong speed drawn in six. So, uh, you know, should get a nice run. Um, beat Shinzo uh, last prep, and Shinzo obviously then went on to win the the Pago Pago and the Golden Slipper. Uh, so that's a very very strong form, and the, and the sectionals of that race was good. Uh, won a Hawkesbury trial under no pressure, and the fifth quickest last 200 um, of the day, plus 3.9 there. And then the second is Zapatero, who's obviously Group One. Uh, Mayor beat home with the dad in a Kensington trial, um, and again was the second quickest last 400 of the day. Um, so I think Corniche has come back really well, um, and uh, and I've got that colt on top. I think um, introducing is um, a horse I've sort of followed uh, since um, you know, his two-year-old year. Um, he uh, he was only beaten, but sort of two lengths by Shinzo last prep. Led him won a couple of 900 meter trials. It was Rosebud run where he really stuck on well. Um, and I think uh, you know introducing is is probably the danger to Corniche and, and the horse that you mentioned there, um, Kandinsky Abstract. Uh, you know this is a three million dollar colt. Uh, Zoo star at a solar charge, which I think makes him a full brother to uh, sunlight. Um, sunlight, yeah, yep. sunlight. So. Um, uh, his his Hill trial um, was very very good. Ran plus six point three for the last six hundred, fifteenth um, quickest of the day. He ran down Butch Cassidy, who actually you know ran some really good sectionals in in, uh, in his first couple of runs. But I think he just trained off late in the prep. Butch Cassidy, but Kandinsky Abstract made the Butch Cassidy look um, look a bit average. You know, he kind of just strode straight past him. So I think uh, you know Kandinsky Abstract certainly won um, you know to follow over the spring. Uh, it's only his second start here, and he's drawn a bit wide. So whether this is the race, you know, I'm not so sure. I think I'd, I'd probably rather be backing Corniche, uh, you know, to run down introducing. Um, but but I'll definitely be keeping a real close eye on, on Kandinsky Abstract because I think, um, you know, he's a quality horse. It's a good race. So for these horses going forward, are we looking at these horses being golden <laughs> rose horses in a couple of weeks' time? Um, how do you read this if you want to maybe try and think from a futures perspective, or do you just wait and see how these 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 gallopers go on Saturday? Yeah, and no, I look. I think you know some of them will be going down that path. It's sort of a natural progression to go from this race to the uh, to the run to the rose, which is usually the primary lead up for the Golden Rose. So um, certainly, I think for some of these horses, um, you know, that's on the cards for me. I think um, probably the two for the Golden Rose I'd be most interested in. I'd say would be uh, Corniche, yeah, um, and probably Kandinsky Abstract. Um, you know, I think he uh, he could be one out of the box. You know, so if he runs a real ripper here, then he'd you know he'd logically go to the run to the rose and then you know, onto the golden rose. So I think for that race, they are the two that I'd be most interested in from a from that perspective. All right, then let's have a look at the up and coming, which is an intriguing race as well. Gay Waterhouse and Adrian Botts Galloper is the favourite. It's a solid favourite with Bet Three Six Five. Les Vampire at three dollars eighty on pace and a good winner last start. Then we go down to a horse like a Monwe, the son of Kementari at $10. Cabellus at $3.40 was unlucky the other day. And Tom Kitten's got to carry weight against these horses at 13 And Cafe Millennium's a big price 
at $21. Griff's given an each way hope at $10. How do you read this year's up and coming? Yeah, interesting race. That, that, that horse uh, that you mentioned there, Les Vampires, um, you know, really going to be benefited, I think, by uh, the map. Only, only an average speed here, and I've sort of got uh, uh, Les Vampires and then Monway there, the two that are going to get a pretty soft lead and then sort of infatuation sitting behind them. Um, but, uh, you know, that, that maiden at Warwick Farm um, was a really strong maiden that, that uh, Les Vampires won. Um, around the fifth quickest last 200 of the day was actually stronger on the line, um, uh, strongest on the line, and, and, and just ran really good sectionals in overall time. So I think it was a really strong maiden too. It had a horse like Carazana in it who, um, who then won, you know, next start at Kensington, um, and even a horse like Gelatin that's got uh, a fair bit of um, uh, talent as well, um, and NCAP who um, is also in this race. And, um, you know, NCAP, I think, is, 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 is it's going to be um, a case of whether whether they can swoop on the day for NCAP because, it, um, you know, uh, he's a back marker and is probably going to settle um, in the back sort of two or three. Um, but a sectional from his two runs, I know they're only maidens, but he ran the second quickest last 600 metres um, first up and then ran the quickest last 600 metres plus 7.6 uh, when second to Lay Vampires. I think that's a really strong maiden, so I actually quite like both Lay Vampires if it's sort of on pace or in cap if they're swooping. Um, the other runner that has been trialling really, really well is uh, Tom Kitten. Yeah. Um, whether this is his race, you know, with 59 kg, I think if it was set weights, I'd be very, very keen on this horse. Um, but, you know, he, he was the sort of horse that, um, you know, looked like he was just an out-and-out stayer um, as a two-year-old, you know, he, he won the Fernhill coming from last and sort of grabbed him in the last bound, got back in the champagne stakes and ran him off the fourth. But the way he's been trialling is, is really, really strong. His, his um, Hawkesbury trial win, uh, his first appearance this prep, he beat Amur, who uh, was a Group 3 winner over 1,400 as a, as a two-year-old. Amur was really struggling to, to keep up with Tom Kitten and uh, Tom Kitten ran plus 5.6 the last 600 and the quickest last 200 of the day under absolutely no pressure. Um, and then at Rose Hill, he, 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 he trialled and he ran six behind um, King Colorado, but again, he ran the eighth quickest last 200 and just was under no pressure. Uh, he's come back really, really well. Um, and I think if there's sort of a, a smoky for the Golden Rose, um, you know, he might be at or even the Caulfield Guineas because he just, he looks to me, uh, you know, just one of those horses that come back even better, you know, much better than than, than as a two-year-old and um, a lot sharper. So uh, it's a shame he's got the 59, he's got Nash on him and I think it's sort of $12, um, uh, you know, Tom Kitten's the one that, um, you know, he could surprise him here. I was agreeing with you and I had a chat to James Cummings yesterday. He basically doesn't believe because of the weights he can give a few of those horses weight over that trip. But I asked him what his big grand final would be this prep because I agree with you with the trials. I think he's come back a better horse this time in. And the spring champion stakes is his main aim later on mm. in the carnival on the 28th of October. You can get around, I think, $11 for him at the moment. Um, I think looking at the market there, you've got Miracle Love, Tanhouse, the base is loaded, Celestial Legend. I think he probably nearly starts favourite for mine. I know it's a long way off, but if he performs well, um, I think he might be a bit of a play there. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that's, um, that's a really nice price. It's good to know what his target is. Um, I think he's just yeah, he's come back really well, and he did look like a, a talented two-year-old. He clearly was going to uh, you know get over ground. But, um, 
Uh, you know, like I said, you know, there's a set weights race. I think he could win it. It yeah. might be a bit tougher to 59, but I think he's going to run a really, really big race here because he's just trialling like a really nice horse. Do you give Lebertad any chance in the San Domenico? Uh, yeah, well, Lebertad hasn't, hasn't done much wrong. Yeah. Um, you know, he, uh, he was very impressive in the debut when he was a two-year-old and then um, ever since won the kindergarten second up. Um, he's a funny horse. He doesn't trial all that flash. Um, and so, you know, he didn't really as a, as a two-year-old either. So he's probably just one of those horses that, um, uh, you know, races a lot better than he trials. But um, I've just it's just a bit tricky, I think, with the map with him. You know, he's drawn out 12, um, you know, and I've just got him, you know, struggling to kind of slot in anywhere. So um, so I can't back Libertad because I just don't know where he's going to get on the map. Um, uh, but, um, but he's certainly an you know, exciting colt for the future. So we're backing Tom Kitten in the Spring Hill Stakes, Ozapenko in the, the Maccabi Diva. Still $13 there with Bet365. Les Vampires in the up and coming if they're flashing out wide. Um, and Cap, we can save on that galloper. And we're pretty keen on Corniche from the gate there in the San Domenico. That can be our place, Dino, this weekend. And um, to get all of your experts, full set of tips across the three codes and all of the sport, basically, you can think of, just head to Winning Edge Investments. And if you type in SEN, you get a 50% discount for the rest of your life, which is the best if you're ready. You're ready back to win it before even the weekend started. Yeah, look, we've had we've had plenty of listeners um, joining up, and, and and we're getting some incredible feedback. Uh, I think I mentioned this last week. I think we've got the the best set of analysts you know, we've we've ever had in probably our ten years, um, and the results are just uh, you know absolutely remarkable at, at the moment across the board. So you know, people are winning. Um, they're, they're learning how to bet you know professionally and, and successfully, um, and it's going really well. So you know, excited for the spring. Love it, Dan. Good luck this weekend, mate. Thanks, Gareth. Same to you. He's a star. There's Dean Evans. WinningEngineInvestments.com. Tips and ratings from professional punters throughout the spring racing carnival. Chances are you're about to lose.